Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. And I want to begin with a question, and it's a sober question. It's a serious question. What is one of the most dangerous sins of all? So dangerous that if we're not careful, this sin can quietly, not only can, it will quietly, almost imperceptibly take over our lives, and we may not even be aware of it. What sin am I referring to? It is the sin of hypocrisy, and it will ruin a life. It will ruin a church. It will ruin an organization. It will ruin a nation. Hypocrisy is something that no human being tolerates in the life of someone else. In fact, I would say one of the most despised sins of all is hypocrisy in someone else. One of the worst words in any language is the word hypocrisy. When you call someone a hypocrite and you're right and the person knows it, that is a horrifying indictment. Now, which of you, including myself, would like to be called a hypocrite? None of us. But hypocrisy is an extremely dangerous sin. I have found that if I'm not careful to remove spider webs when they start in my house, that they'll multiply. I hate spider webs. Now, I know for a fact that if I were to be gone, if Maureen and I were to be gone from our home for some length of time, let's say three months, I can assure you that when we get back home, our home will be full of spider webs. That's why homes that uh, of people that are gone for some time, what do they do? They cover their furniture with blankets. Hypocrisy is like weeds in a yard. If there's one thing I hate to do, it's pulling weeds. Uh, and of course, now today we have sprays that you can kill weeds, but that, that doesn't always take care of the situation. In a garden or in a yard, if if we're not, if someone isn't careful to pull those weeds up, before you know it, they'll take over the garden or the yard and they will ruin it. Well, it's no wonder, my friends, that Solomon warns us in Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Now, we're about to study Luke 12, verses 1 through 11 in this new message called The Grave Danger of Hypocrisy. 
Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. The title is The Grave Danger of Hypocrisy, and we're in our Know Your Faith series in Luke's Gospel, and I believe that today's message is part 91. We're going to pray in a moment, but let me just read verse 1, then we'll pray, and then I want to give some more introductory comments before we get to the text. Luke chapter 1, and I'll explain this a little bit later, under these circumstances, after so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were stepping on one another, Jesus began saying to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Join me in prayer now, loved ones. Father, be glorified in this message. Let your power be upon this message. And of course, we pray that because of this message, that we would have the fear of God against hypocrisy. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would enable us through your leading to see any hypocrisy in our lives at all. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would so stir and grip us that we would guard our hearts against hypocrisy. We pray for multitudes of salvations. We pray for multitudes of people to repent of hypocrisy. And we pray that you would get this message out to many, many, many uh, who are in full-time ministry and use it, Father, by your grace to bring conviction and deliverance and separation from hypocrisy. And now let us bear great fruit for your namesake and for the glory of the Son both presently and eternally. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The grave danger of hypocrisy. The grave danger of hypocrisy. That's the title of today's message. Now, before we get to Luke 12, verses 1 through 11, I want to have us consider some important biblical teaching on this serious matter of hypocrisy. Here's what Jesus says about hip- hypocrites. First of all, they focus on outward appearance and they hide, they mask the truth of who they really are. You can see that in Mark chapter 7 and verse 6. You can see it in Matthew chapter 6, verses 2 and 5 and 16, and Matthew 23. Verses five through seven. What do the what do the Pharisees do? They focus. They fool people. That's really what they're doing. They they fool people. They they're they're only concerned about impressing man. They are man pleasers, and so they they dress with very expensive clothing, and they act like the reason that they have expensive clothing clothing is because they're above everybody, and God has blessed them. And therefore, they're superior. They are the religious leaders of Israel. It took Jesus to come along and expose them for the frauds of who they really were. But this is going on in religious circles 
and churches and denominations all over the world. And it's men and women like this that have never learned the lesson of the Pharisees, and they walk around with this kind of hypocrisy. Second, Jesus revealed them as having this attitude that they're better than everybody. They're God's chosen ministers. Therefore, they're superior to everybody. And they didn't hesitate to let others know that the others were inferior, but the Pharisees and the scribes were superior to them. Thirdly, Jesus, and you can see that in Matthew chapter 7, verses 4 through 5. And you can even go back all the way to the Old Testament to Isaiah 65 and verse 5. Thirdly, Jesus reveals that these hypocritical religious leaders respond with malice toward anyone who dared to expose them as hypocrites. Again, Matthew 22, verse 18, and Mark 12, verse 15. Number four, hypocrites lack spiritual discernment. Why? It's because, in truth, they have no relationship with the one who gives discernment, and that is the Holy Spirit. They're spiritually dull, and if they weren't spiritually dull— they would have received the conviction that Jesus brought to them, and they would have repented. So the fourth thing is that hypocrites, the Pharisees, lack spiritual discernment because they have no relationship with God the Holy Spirit. Remember, they blaspheme the Holy Spirit. For that, you can see uh, Luke chapter 12, verses 54 through 57. We'll get to that, obviously. Um, uh, in a few weeks from now. Number five, the Pharisees lack compassion. They don't care about people. They don't care about the hurting. You can read about that in Luke 13, verses 11 through 16. We're going to get to that. They don't genuinely care about those that are hurting. Why? Because they care about themselves more than anything else. Now, in Matthew 23, Jesus pronounced judgment on the hypocrites on seven occasions, seven times in Matthew 23, called them hypocrites. And then the Apostle Paul gives a very sober warning against hypocrisy in Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. Now, this is important because even the apostle Peter temporarily fell into hypocrisy, and Paul called it out. What if Paul didn't call out the hypocrisy of Peter, and Peter continued on in hypocrisy? You can read about that in Galatians 2, verses 11 through 14. Galatians 2, verses 11 through 14. Now, let me read Luke chapter 12 in, and verse 2, and then compare it with a few other verses elsewhere in the Bible. Jesus says this, again, a very sober warning. Remember, he's speaking primarily to his disciples, but of course, the crowd, the massive crowd, is listening as well because he wants them 
to guard themselves against hypocrisy. He wants them to see how the Pharisees were were, um, wicked leaders. They were not sent from God. And so he says in verse 2 of Luke 12, but there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be made known. I'm thinking of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 through 14, where the writer says the conclusion, when all has been heard, and this is how I prayed earlier, is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. And here's the reason why. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Some of the wonderful, great things that God's people have done, and no one notices it, but God, he is going to bring that out for everybody to see. On the other hand, those things that are not repented of, evil things, God is going to bring publicly for everyone to see. And so to live as a hypocrite, there's no point in it. You and I cannot get away from hypocrisy. The only way that it can be covered is if we repent of it. If we repent of our sin, the mercy, the grace of God is there right now, my friend, for you and for me. If the Holy Spirit reveals hypocrisy in us, to us, then we better repent, take advantage of the gift of repentance and call out to God to forgive you and cleanse you of it right this moment. The Apostle Paul gave this stunning word, revealing word to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, when he said, therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time. They were judging the Apostle Paul. Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motive of men's hearts. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. There's a bit of an irony there, because these Corinthians were full of jealousy and hypocrisy and malice and gossip. And so Paul is is using an, a, a term of irony. Then each man's praise will come to him. They were praising one another, but they would not get God's praise. He's, he's being a bit sarcastic here. And Paul adds this in Romans chapter 2, verse 17. He says, On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. You see, my friends, man thinks he can get away with really literally murder and figuratively murder. Man is so stupid that he thinks that he can sin and when he's not judged, he's gotten away with it. And that is wrong. And it's 
it, it is nothing but self-deception. The time will come at the great white throne of judgment that God will bring every single act that is not repented of to the light for the whole world to see. Everyone, the millions and millions and billions of sins of every individual will be judged. That's why it is so urgent to get right with him now through forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers to you. Have you received him as your Lord and Savior? Has he forgiven you of your sin? Is he the one that you're looking to, to be right with God? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Only in Jesus Christ can you find forgiveness of sin and a brand new life. Have you asked him to be your Lord and Savior, my friend? Now, what Jesus wants his disciples uh, to be sober and vigilant about is the subtle nature of hypocrisy. That the Pharisaic mindset is represented as a contaminant with potential to invade even the lives of Jesus' followers. And Jesus also builds on the secretive nature of yeast, the work of which is concealed at first, but very apparent later. What is yeast? You put a little yeast in the dough, and it causes the dough to rise to become a loaf of bread. Yeast is an influence that spreads. And most of the time when yeast is referred to in the Bible, it has an evil connotation. Not always, but most of the time. That's why Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Why is he speaking first and foremost to his disciples about this? My friend, there is no healthy church there's no healthy preaching of the gospel. There's no, there's no right representation of Jesus if his followers are walking in hypocrisy. Are you walking in hypocrisy, my friend? If you represent the Lord Jesus Christ as a minister of the gospel, but you're a hypocrite like the Pharisees, don't you realize that the judgment that will come upon you will be more severe than them? Because you're representing Jesus, and you are not revealing Jesus as he really is if your lifestyle is twisted and hypocritical. I want to stop now and pray and give an opportunity for anybody who has never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin and to make you a brand new person so that you can have eternal life, so that you can be forgiven of not just hypocrisy, but every sin that you've ever committed. And I've been praying for you for this very moment. Now, I'm going to pray with you right now, but I want you to pray with me preferably out loud, but if not, 
out loud than in your heart. And so I'm going to ask that everyone that is listening, that you bow your head before the Lord. And if you've never prayed this prayer, I want you to pray it with me right now. Lord Jesus Christ, pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your truth. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for, for your willingness to give me a brand new life. And now, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. My will, my plans, my present, my future. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I will live for you and you alone, starting right now for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer, that you have forgiven me of my sin, that you are making me a brand new person, that you have given me eternal life. And now let me pray for you, Father, for every single man, woman, young person, and child that just prayed that prayer with me right now. I thank you for them. I thank you that your word says there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous. I can almost hear the sound of the roar in heaven of excitement of the new births that are taking place, of people that are leaving their sinful lifestyles and their empty religious traditions to turn to the life giver, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world. Now, Father, protect them all the days of their lives from the pressures of the demonic realm and from those who would reject them and persecute them. Help them, stir them, grip them to persevere in their faith, both now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I want to pray also for those of you who name the name of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit has been convicting you of your own sin of hypocrisy and maybe other sins as well. You're a believer but you've hidden these things. You're a believer, but you haven't guarded your heart. You're a believer, but you see by the aid of the Holy Spirit hypocrisy in your life. You may be a minister of the gospel, but you're a hypocrite and you know it. Thank God that he's brought this message to you for such a time as this, my friend, to, to in his grace and mercy set you free from this. I'd like you to pray with me right now. Pray with me these words. Heavenly Father, thank you for your gift of repentance. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing to me my own hypocrisy, for bringing it to the light. And instead of judging me, 
You forgive me and cleanse me. So I repent of this now. And I ask you to forgive me and help me to guard my heart from this time forward and turn away from anything to do with hypocrisy. Cleanse me. Incline my heart to obey you and not fear man all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, my friend, if you prayed that prayer with sincerity just now, I declare you forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, my friends, some of you, I know not everybody has access to the internet, but please connect with me. Go to my website. If you do have access to the internet, just go to my website at bradably.com. Brad, B-R-A-D, Abley, A-B as in boy, L-E-Y.com. And then just click the word connect and fill in the form. Let me know that you're listening what program that you're listening to, what country you're in. And if you're able, you can go to uh, my my uh, place on my website uh, with the books that are available to you. And I have some outstanding books that you I write for the church. I love the church. I love to write for the church. And these books will help you to grow greatly in the Christian life. Take a look at them, and if you're able to order uh, order them online on Amazon, then do that. Maybe you might want to consider uh, purchasing books as um, gifts for others or my commentary and study on Thessalonians uh, for a group study or any of my devotionals for a group study. I think this is the first time that I've mentioned my books on this broadcast in in 96 broadcasts. At least I don't remember mentioning the books before. And uh, it's been a very, very long time since I've mentioned the need, um, really, I would say that the need of many of you to partner with me financially. Why do I, I say it that way? Well, a workman is worthy of his wages. That's what the Bible says. And those who work hard at preaching and teaching, ought to be considered uh, worthy of double honor. Now, my friends, I know that there are people that are listening to this broadcast that could partner with me financially, that could underwrite my ministry. Listen, my ministry, it's just myself and my wife. That's it. And my ministry is primarily on radio, but it's also traveling to teach and train village pastors in Uganda and Kenya, and I'm open to going into other areas of the world, but to teach them and train them in, in principles of sound doctrine, in the fruit and in the power of the Holy Spirit. But I need finances. Now, I will say this, that my wife and I are very, very good stewards of our finances, then I wouldn't tell you that I need 
finances just for expenses and living um, unless the need is real and genuine. And because otherwise, if, if that wasn't the case, you know I'm going to be held accountable to God. But would you just simply seek the Lord and ask him if he would have you to partner with me financially? We need more partners financially who can uh, partner with us on a monthly basis um, or can give one-time gifts. We have to pay. Uh, just please pray. I don't want to say much more than that. Please pray about partnering with us financially. Please take a look at the books that I've written so that you can grow greatly in the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.